good friend Richard has outdone himself. He has authored another wonderful book entitled A New Psychology of Human Well-Being. This book explores influences of the ego-soul dynamics on our mental and physical health. Truly a book worthy of your investment of time to read. I hope you will join in on the podcast interview at InsidePersonalGrowth.com or can find us at SoundCloud.com. If you want to learn more about Richard Barrett and his organization, Value Center, please go to www.valuecentre.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy our interview together. And here is the host of Inside Personal Growth, Greg Voison. And I want to thank all of my listeners who joined from around the world to listen to our author and their wisdom about life, uh, living, and today, actually, we have Richard Gaines joining us from Carlsbad, California. Richard is a longtime friend, 20 years plus, um, and I didn't realize he had this new book out. I happened to be in his office the other day, and I said, you know, this would be a great book because there's so many people interested in the topic of not just money, but wealth. And the book is called The Magic of Money, 21 Action Strategies to Make Money Work for You by Richard Gaines. Good day to you, Richard. How are you? Hi, Greg. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. And uh, we've known each other for a very long time. So it's a real pleasure to be able to do this with you. Well, likewise, Richard. And I'm going to let my listeners know just a tad bit about you before we get started. And uh, then we'll go through our series of questions here. And, and then we'll let our listeners know about your website and ways they can reach you. Um, any, any of the other ways that you'd like to let them know. So our last 30-year career as a leading tax attorney and educator, Richard Gain has supported businesses and their families in building wealth to high net worth through money and tax strategy planning. Um, with concentrated experience in solopreneurs to medium-sized businesses, enterprises, he brings his expertise at his private practice to thousands of clients all over the U.S. Richard's been on ESPN. He's been on plenty of radio talk shows. Um, he's got his websites, which we'll mention here in a little bit after we finish the interview. But for my listeners, uh, Richard Gaines is definitely somebody who not only can help you manage your money, but save your money on your taxes. But really, more importantly today, we're going to be talking about building wealth. Um, you know, you mentioned that after years of providing tax advice and estate tax planning, that it really wasn't about money. It was about wealth. And what wealth meant was values and beliefs and traditions and wisdoms. How do you help your clients find their purpose and meaning in their planning and in their planning for wealth in particular? Well, that's a great question. And I want to uh, just share a little bit about my story and how that journey came about, if that's all right. Um, uh, as you said, for about 30 years, I had been making a living and, and you know, it was a good living, raised a family. Uh, uh, one of the funny stories of my life is so my uh, I was born with Richard, but I, you know, I changed it when I realized that Rich Gaines would uh, really be more funny and suitable to the idea of what I'm doing. So Rich Gaines uh, became a tax attorney, and my wife and I had twins who were born on April 15th, uh, so tax day. So that was kind of the, <laughs> yeah. the universe uh, playing a game with me, but uh, but it was really suitable. And so to get back to what was happening is um, when I was turning 50, and I realized that uh, a lot of what we did as attorneys, 
was just transactions, and we would draft documents, and and we would see clients, and we would do the the work that they wanted. Um, clearly, uh, a lot of it was about saving taxes, and I realized that for the next 25, 30 years of my life, I couldn't just sit in my office drafting documents, that there was really no meaning and purpose to that. And so that started me on the journey of looking at what was really important for people. And you know, I talked with clients. I thought a lot about the idea of what wealth meant. And it became very real uh, and very apparent that wealth was a much deeper uh, meaning than just money, that it truly was about what people believed. It was about what their values were. It was about the traditions that they had in their life. And and so as I began to work on uh, having discussions with clients, those are the conversations that I opened up. And so we got into what what would happen with that is we would get into the the dynamics of the family itself. Mm-hmm. One of the question one of the questions that comes up is fair versus equal. You know, equal is we give the money equally to all three kids, but is that fair? What happens if one child is struggling uh, with uh, making a living while the other child is massively successful? You know, is it fair to? Uh, give money equally versus maybe helping that child that needs a little extra help. What happens if there are challenges in the family? What if there's substance abuse? What if one child doesn't manage money well? How do you deal with the questions of creating guidelines and restrictions and incentives, even more importantly? Uh, What about charity? And so we have, uh, I've had conversations with clients where uh, they will uh, have directions in their documents that say that a child, in order to receive their distribution, must uh, decide on a charity and provide you know, some percentage of that distribution, whether it's 5 or 10%, to a particular charity. So it, it's about changing the mindset. It's about looking at a whole different way of, of thinking about what is important to the family. What is the family purpose? What is their mission? What do they want to do? What's the wealth that they want to create inside their own family? One of the yeah. things I like. Well, to- it, it, it is important, and I think getting down to values, beliefs, purpose, vision, all the things that you talk about. And this, by the way, this is a great book for my listeners. There's not only the chapters are, are it's an easy read, but it's an opportunity to actually um, start to write and reflect on what it is you want because he gives you action steps and an opportunity to write in the book. And I always think that books like that too, especially for the topic that Richard's writing on, are important. And you have 21 simple actions that you say right on the front of the book to help people make and keep money. You speak about Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliners and where he states it takes 10,000 hours to master something. You and I happened to be having lunch the other day and I said, look, I've been doing almost 590 podcasts. I have way over 10,000 hours in this. But you speak about six mastery distinctions. For the audience, can you briefly describe those mastery distinctions? and why they're important to the accumulation of wealth. Sure. Well, the uh, one of the first uh, mastery distinctions is what we call commitment. You have to be committed to what you want. You look at sports athletes, you have to look you, you look at um, what their commitment level is. Uh, if you uh, the, the the personal example I like to give is um, when I was a tennis player and the level I was playing at was about a 4.5, which doesn't mean much to listeners. It's just a level. 
and I wanted to move up to another level, which was a 5.0. And the 5.0 level is where you really start to get into competition, where you see college players at the at the 5.0 level, 5.5 level. And so commitment is about doing the things that are necessary to get to that place that you want to get to. You have to take the lessons. You have to play the better players. So in building wealth, it's about that mindset of commitment that you're doing this each and every day. Excellence is another one. We want to uh, you know, excellence is about quality. It's not about being mediocre. It's about doing the best that you can in everything that you do, how you show up in life, who you are as a person, and performing at an at an excellence level. Uh, the next is uh, intensity, repetition, and frequency. So this is just like the gym rat. You go to the gym and, and you lift sets of weights or you do um, exercises on the machines and it's about repetition and frequency. And it's through that repetition and frequency that you build up your conditioning, your stamina. You get really, really good at what you do. You and I, Greg, have been in business for over 30 years. And so the amount of repetition that we get in talking with people and doing the work, it creates those fine distinctions that most people don't get when they just uh, look at things superficially. And what happens, uh, ironically, is uh, when we get really, really good at what we do, there's almost a natural innovation in how we look at strategies and tactics and ideas and creativity that flows out of those distinctions. And, and that innovation is where excitement really comes in. And it's, it's not so much that, um, gosh, I mean, it's not like it's anything um, that, that's revolutionary, but it's just from having so much time that, that our minds begin to think differently. You know, when somebody presents a problem to us, uh, we don't just answer the problem anymore. We think about, you know, what's, what's creative about this? Where can we really go? What can we solve? How can we really provide benefit to the individual and, and take care of their needs and do things differently? And that's, I think, what comes well, from wisdom and experience. I think... Well, and the other thing I know that you do that, look, it, your example of te tennis was great. Your example of anything that you're trying to perfect in mastery. But, you know, what comes up for me is you see people who are playing golf and there's a disruption um, around something they think they've mastered because a coach tells them to change their swing or a swimmer. They tell them to change the stroke just a little bit or a tennis person. They tell them to change something. What is it that you do with your clients to actually disrupt them so they can actually start thinking about how to accumulate wealth in a different way and manage money in a different way? Because truly, you are not only the coach, but the tax advisor. Um, you know, you're way more than a coach. You're their attorney. What disruptive practices do you actually practice in what you're doing? Well, I know this, this may not sound... Um that novel, but it's literally about asking the right questions. It's about taking what I know. It's about taking the possibilities of what can be, and it's about painting a, a new picture or a picture for them of what can happen for them. Because I think a lot of times people get stuck in, in a traditional mindset that these are the way things need to be done. This is the way they've always been done. You know, we uh, we make our money and then we die and then we give it to our kids and and you know that's such a traditional way of looking th looking at things and we get burdened by debt. We have third party lenders that that uh, you know set the rules for us and so basically what I do is I challenge those things. I challenge that convention 
those conventions, uh-huh. that conventional wisdom. And I asked questions. I said, what would this mean for you if you had this? Could you do this inside your family? What would it be like if your kids, uh, you know, have this opportunity? What's important in terms of education, bringing the values into the discussion? You know, what are the belief systems? And so when we do that, all of a sudden we're breaking out of those natural conventions. Now, what what's interesting is that it creates complexity. And I know people don't like complexity, but this stuff, this, this material, this uh, this work is so valuable, it's so important that the the benefit of taking time, really reflecting on those questions of what's important, how do you really want to uh, take care of your money, how do you want to leave it, you know, what's the legacy that you're leaving, um, and I use legacy very intentionally because uh, I like to say that everyone is going to leave a legacy. It's just a question right. of is it one that you want and one that you're proud of? And so is it that, one that you planned? And I think the key for you is you're you're so great at planning and you're you're so great at helping people see to create the plan. Your whole book here is really about creating a plan. And I, you know, again, for my listeners, um, the magic of money is about planning. It's an opportunity for you. Again, I'm going to state this because write, reflect, and Richard gets you thinking about those deep questions. One of the things he gets you thinking about is mastering your ego and finding yourself. He's got a whole chapter around that. Now, most people sitting out there today might think, well, what the heck, Richard? What does mastering my ego and finding myself have to do with my accumulation of wealth? What does it have to do with accumulation of wealth? has to do with everything because if uh, it doesn't matter how how good you are it doesn't matter what product you sell it doesn't matter uh, what you think if your ego is in the way if your character if you have blocks in your thinking then it's just as easy easy that your money will uh, leak through like a hole in a bucket and you'll have nothing left over at the end of the day and so I get into all kinds of little characters and ideas about ourselves and our stories and clogs and the, uh, the you know, the deep-seated clogs, the stories we tell ourselves. Um, I have some, uh, uh, some characters that I talk about, such as the intellectual, where they make things so complicated that it just turns people off, or the crybaby. You know, the crybaby is the person who wants immediate gratification and never thinks about long-term planning. I get into uh, the one I like a lot is the superhero. The superhero is, I'm not going to die, I'm going to leave it for later. And that's the mm-hmm. person that uh, ends up, uh, you know, in a real bad spot because they didn't do the right planning. So, you know, our ego is is huge. Our ego is, is well, that mask. Yeah, go ahead. And and I think, Richard, you're you're getting people to not only look at the psychological element, but one thing I like about you is you, you really, and I'm going to say this, he brings in a spiritual element because, look, you're asking people to plan around the ultimate transition in their life, which is their demise and leaving all this that they've worked so hard to make a legacy for a next generation. And those questions for a lot of people are very hard. They're things that they want to brush under the rug. They don't want to talk about them. And one thing I can say about Richard Gaines is he's great at helping people uh, get to the, what I would call that life planning. Now, you talk about these mind clogs, and you have an acronym you call RUST, R-U-S-T. 
Um, for the listeners, what does rust stand for? And what can we do to eliminate that rust? So that's, that's a, tr- um, yeah, thank you for that. I, uh, I just want to add to a comment you just made about the planning or the, the, um, the, the w- leaving wealth when we die. And what I realized is that the benefit to people is about building wealth while they're still alive. And what does that look like? And how do we create that? So it's not about death. And, and you know, it's, it's a question of creating a bridge between the future and the present. And that bridge is the action steps. The bridge are the things that we do each and every day to really build that wealth and to carry out the vision of what we want in our life. And that's what the planning is all about. The planning is about our business, our lifestyle, our family. And that, to me, is the positive, immediate benefit that we can create for for families. So getting to this idea of rust, uh, the R stands for the root clogs. And the root clogs are... um, we kind of talked a little bit about it. It's about the ego. It's about the unconscious. It's about the things that are really deep-seated that we have to think about um, in, you know, what uh, what kind of behaviors do we have that we don't even know about. The U stands for upbringing clogs, and upbringing clogs are kind of the way we were raised. So I have, uh, I have personalities that go along with that, such as the pirate, who is the person that spends and loves and is carefree and, and is the one that loves to throw parties and they spend and spend and spend and they have nothing left over at the end of the day. The caregiver, which is part of the underlying um, clog, is the person that saves all their life. They take care of everybody else and they save and, and they're very conservative and they tend to do that at the sacrifice of having some fun in life. The channeler is the person that doesn't care about money at all because they really are about the universe and everything is in flow. And, and so you get a lot of people in charities that are like that. And the jester is the person that throw the, throws the bills into the drawer. And so some of the ways that we can overcome those clogs are with uh, what I call the clog busters. And some of the clog busters get to a few of the ideas that we talked about before. Uh, One is that we have uh, the idea of the Olympian of commitment. So we make a commitment to what we want to do. We have uh, the fox of confidence, maybe the lion of confidence. You know, you don't see lions out there and they're timid and they're afraid. They have a lot of confidence in their life. And so by having that confidence and by having that commitment, Um, I call it the burning cauldron of passion. When we bring this passion and commitment and confidence to our lives and to our our money and our kids and our family and our business, these are the things that help us to overcome these various uh, clogs that get in our way, these things that stop us. And so, again, it is about our mindset. It's a mind shift moving from uh, an awareness of who we are, how we act, what we do, and creating a different framework for ourselves, a different structure. Um, so a couple of the other uh, clo- uh, uh, clog busters that I talk about are discipline. So we have discipline in our life. And so when you add discipline to our confidence and to our commitment and our passions, day by day, every single thing we do starts to get congruent in doing what we love, loving what we do, and creating that uh, vision and implementing that vision that we all know we can have. So now, Richard, one of the things that I think it's important for our listeners to know is, and I think, you know, people out there are going to go say, oh, okay, well, I make money. 
and you speak about three ways to make money. What advice do you have for our listeners about making and keeping money and building wealth for themselves and future generations? So there's a couple of points there, Greg. Uh, First of all, it's about three things I talk about, which are um, getting over our uncertainty, understanding the structure, and getting over uh, uh, getting over insecurity. So uncertainty is resolved through planning. When we have a good plan and we follow that plan, we know exactly where we're going to go. Structure is probably the most important piece in uh, answering that specific question, is that when we know what the structure is for uh, how we're doing business, how we're making money, what the tax consequences are, uh, and benefits can be by changing the structure of what we do. So, for example, we go from an ordinary income to capital gain. That saves a significant amount of money. For business owners who are sole proprietors, become corporations, there's a significant amount of money that we can save them. So simply by changing the structure of how money flows in, what they do with it, uh, how it's uh, how, how it's preserved, those structures are the things that we can do to uh, to build wealth inside of the families and and save them taxes. The um, now uh, the other yeah go ahead. Well, I was going to add on that because I know you did these three ways of making money. Um, so go ahead and continue on with the three ways that people make money. I think that's valuable for our listeners. Well, the three ways to make money are really pretty simple. Um, The first is you can have a hobby, and a hobby doesn't really make you a lot of money, but it's certainly an idea of how you want to live your life. Most people may have a hobby, but that's not the way they make money. So you can have a job or a career. That's the second way of making money, and I call that making a living. You know, having a job or career is not a bad thing, um, and you're making a living, but, you know, you're just kind of going along doing what you do. And the third way is you sell a product. Well, actually, there's four. So you you sell a product, which I think is the best because that that is the type of way of making money where we get recurring revenue. So we're not having to continually reinvent the product. We're selling the product. The product is making the sales. So, for example, my book is a book I spent two years working on, but I don't have to do it anymore. And so it's a product that I now can sell, and each time a sale is made, I make money without having to redo it. And lastly is really truly having a business. And having a business is an entirely different uh, thought process of how we go about what we're doing in our lives, that we're managing people, we're managing uh, the way that money is made without us necessarily having to continually uh, uh, create a transaction every time, that it allows for recurring revenue, it allows for leverage of of not only the resources, but also of the people that we're working for. And having a business, of course, you know, is very valuable because what are we doing when we own a business? We're helping other people. We're giving other people a life. We're helping them to achieve their goals. So business owners are really the the mainstay. They are the the um, the, the, the key foundation of how this country, you know, operates. And uh, so it's so it's pretty exciting. So those are uh, the three ways that we can think about making money. And I say legally, of course. 
Right, right, right. So you you kind of sum this book up in in the last chapter, and this will be my last question before we let our listeners know how they can reach you, your websites, your workshops, and things like that. But you've created this top ten list for building wealth. Now many of these axioms people will have heard, but I'd like for you to go through this top ten list for building wealth. Um, what are they? Um, and basically speak to the listeners about, you know, overall the importance of uh, these top 10 building wealth uh, uh, advice you give. Sure. Um, so I know uh, time is uh, short, so I won't take a lot of time on each one because there's obviously a lot of them. But, um, you know, when we talk right. about the top 10 list, we're, uh, and I alluded to this earlier, is that we have to think like a business owner. If we're thinking like a person who is just making a living and grinding it out, then it's going to feel like a hamster on a wheel. So we have to change that thinking. We have to to look at what can we do with our business? How are we going to make a difference in the world with it? Uh, capital is crucial. So uh, understanding uh, how much money you are going to invest in the business and uh, having enough of that money to make sure that you can get through the hard times. Location, 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 classic in real estate. You know, you could have the best product, the best service, but if you're located in a mall where there's nobody doing business, you're not going to do very well. Uh, managing business resources, uh, extremely important, and that's really on the cost side. You have to make sure that you don't overspend yourself uh, into going broke. Choosing your purchases carefully, you know, how, do you, how are you going to determine what the business needs, uh, what type of coaching you're going to get, what kind of equipment you're going to have, how much the equipment will cost, which leads to credit can kill. So having too much uh, equipment on leases that cost extra money, having too much credit, which costs you to have to pay the credit card companies, that's a killer. Um, in, um, in corporations, when we commingle our money between all the personal things that we do and the business things that we do, and if we don't separate it, if we're not careful about understanding that, that can... Uh, that can uh, have a lot of damage for our business. Uh, growing too rapidly, believe it or not, can cause a business to implode and, or explode and, and destroy itself. Um, and I've heard lots of stories about that where a uh, company owner, is, uh, business owner is doing really well, and all of a sudden they, they expand into new markets, they expand into new products, they expand into uh, new uh, locations, and you know all of a sudden they are distracted from the core work that got them the success that they had and they're spending money in places that didn't need to be spent. Looking at competition, you know, competition, you have to be very careful. What is your differentiator? Are you, uh, are, are you falling into the trap that you perceive and you talk that you are just like everybody else in the, in the product that you sell or is there something to, that differentiates you? For example, I ask questions now when people are getting into the idea of pricing. I say, well, what do you think the difference is between a 10 or 15-year attorney and tax attorney and a 30-year tax attorney or, or a 10 to 15-year attorney and a 30-year tax attorney? A 10 to 15-year attorney doesn't have the tax knowledge. A 10 to 15-year attorney doesn't have the experience. A 30-year tax attorney has not only the experience, but also the tax background, and that's my differentiator. So that's what I talk to people about, is that I have an added level of value and knowledge and skill that, that uh, most other lawyers um, in the community don't, or in the nation, actually, don't have. I'm probably in the top 2 3 
of attorneys in the nation when it comes to my background, my knowledge, my skill, the advanced uh, tax degree that I have. And so, and then the last, uh, the last idea of the top 10 list is sales, sales solves problems. Obviously, having more sales is good, but that's not the end all to the to the equation. You have to look at you know what profit are you making, and and most importantly, what are you doing to pay yourself first? How are you putting that money away? How are you building assets? What are you doing to make sure that what you are generating in life is leading to a position where you can ultimately have the cash flow that you need to be able to have the life that you want to have. When your cash flow is guaranteed, and I was just having this conversation yesterday, when you have cash flow uh, guaranteed and, and then you know that your expenses for your lifestyle don't exceed that cash flow, you can never run out of money. It's impossible. And so the idea of outliving mm-hmm. your money is a whole different um, question. It's a whole different conversation because people say, oh, I got half a million dollars or a million dollars in my retirement accounts, and am I going to outlive my money? And the answer is, well, I don't know. It depends on what your lifestyle is, and it depends on how much you're spending versus the guaranteed money that's coming in. And so if we can position right. people by building their wealth to guarantee that future money, uh, they'll never outlive their money. It's an amazing um just a total change when we have those conversations and how people think differently when they look at that and how we can structure their lives to get there. Very important ideas that you've provided to the listening audience. Now, um, for my listeners, again, uh, we've been on today with Richard Gaines from Carlsbad, California. Legacy Legal is one of the websites you can reach him at. It's LegacyLegal.com. The book is The Magic of Money. 21 action strategies to make money work for you. And you can get this book on Amazon. Just go up to Amazon and put the magic of money in. Um, Richard, you also have a website that tells people about your workshops and uh, you've got some videos on there and other things. Um, Tell our listeners where you'd like them to go and be directed to learn more about you, the opportunities to participate in one of your workshops. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. So um, the first website for the law firm is legacy-legal.com, www.legacy-legal.com. And the website for our events and our uh, courses and the other things that we promote is uh, www.treasureofwealth.com. That's treasureofwealth.com, all, all uh, one word, no, no spaces there. So the two websites, again, are legacy-legal. Dot com and treasureofwealth.com. And for my listeners, as you know, I always do put these uh, in the blog entries. There will be links to both Richard's websites there um, so that you can get that. There will be a link also to Amazon to the book. Richard, thanks so much for being on with us today and sharing some of your knowledge and wisdom about estate tax plan- planning, wealth accumulation, and really money management. Uh, It's been very enlightening, and I think for everybody out there, um, an opportunity to pick up a small, quick little read book with an opportunity to actually engage with the book. Um, And then if you have further questions, definitely reach out to Richard. He's available. Um, He'll certainly uh, take your calls. He certainly will respond to your emails. Um, do you do you want to give out your email address to people in case they want to reach out to you with a question, Richard? Sure, I'd be happy to. It's a little bit longer, but it's uh, rich at family, 
familylegacylegal.com. Rich at familylegacylegal.com. And I want to thank you for the opportunity, Greg. It's uh, been a real pleasure. I hope the audience has gotten a lot of value out of this. And I just want to leave them with the last thought, which is dream big and create and maintain wealth. Awesome. And uh, again, for my listeners, Richard Gaines, the book is The Magic of Making Money, 21 Action Strategies to Make Money Work for You. Thanks, Rich. Fantastic. Thank you, Greg. I've recently had the pleasure of interviewing Don Crean, the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. The foundation has released a new book, which is a compilation of speeches that Napoleon Hill did at various points in his career. One of the speeches inspired the famous book, Think and Grow Rich, which is an all-time classic and great book. I hope you enjoy my interview with Don and will obtain a copy of Napoleon Hill's Greatest Speeches. If you want to learn more about the Napoleon Hill Foundation, please go to www.naphill.org to learn more about the book, audio recordings, and courses that Napoleon Hill Foundation offers. Thank you.